The Interchange is brought to you by Wonder Capital, the industry's leading solar investment platform. Want your commercial solar financed quickly? Are you an investor looking for solid annual returns? Get both at Wonder Capital. That's Wonder with a U. WonderCapital.com slash GTM. We're also brought to you by Shoals Technologies Group, the industry's top equipment maker for solar and storage. Your project deserves the best balance of systems tech so you can drive down costs and boost performance. And there's only one place to turn, Shoals. Find out more at Shoals.com, S-H-O-A-L-S, Shoals.com. Over the last few months, I've had a lot of contractors visit me in my new house in Boston, including this guy, Brian Sadler. Nice to meet you. Welcome in. Thank you so much. It's a great spot. Brian is VP of Project Development at Revolusun, a 50-person solar installer based here in Massachusetts and in Hawaii. He's one of three contractors who came by in one week in July. One helped me install an energy monitor, one gave me an efficiency console, and Brian is here to check my suitability for rooftop solar. The north side is, is extremely viewable, but the south side, in your case, is not. Right. But um, that's why I kind of asked, is, this, is the roof condition set up the same, essentially? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is, yeah. So that's Things look good at first glance. South-facing roof, check. 200-amp service, check. A clean roof space, check. Brian likes what he sees from the ground. Um, a lot of times, a lot of the newer homes have a lot of like cut up funny with dormers and hip roofs, and those can be a little challenging. And then um, we really focus a lot on aesthetics as well. So for you guys, it's going to be a really nice, clean looking rectangle. Excellent. Yeah. There are some issues though. My neighbor's tree is shading the roof. That would probably need a trim. And the roof itself is the big question. It was patched over right before I bought the house, giving it about 10 years of life. Replacing the roof is not in the cards for me right now, even if I got a tax credit. But I want to know every detail. So we go inside to check out the rest of the house. Should we go down in the basement? Yeah, so I'll okay. take a quick peek at the uh, your electrical just to confirm it is what it is. And then I can kind of talk you through typical installation and kind of equipment placement, things like that. Okay. Right on. So good news is we see newer Romex. Um, you have new breakers, so, and the sub-panel. You already got a sense monitor. I do. We have a partnership with them as well. They're oh, awesome, yeah. Nice. So we, Everything uh, in the basement looks good, so we head over to the kitchen counter to review the quotes and financing options. Brian is not being pushy at all, but he knows that if he can't sign me as a customer within a week or two, the likelihood of a sale goes way down. I ask him about that small window of opportunity. We want to stay in touch in that short term because that's when the information is fresh and generally speaking, the excitement is there and things like that. So if they make a decision inside of typically the data shows inside of three days, it has, you know, if you're re-meeting with the customer, there's the best chance of them moving forward. And then inside of a week, inside of two weeks. And once we get outside of two weeks, the, the likelihood of that customer um, moving forward with solar drops off. That doesn't mean that, they're not doing it or not doing it ever. It just means in that that given window from our initial meeting. What's the longest sale you ever made? Um, I actually had a great. I have a I have a customer who um, is a sustainable consultant and has her own business. And I spoke with them over a year prior, and we had kept in contact. They had uh, 
They had an investment situation that they were um, waiting on. They were going to go solar. It's just a matter of when, right? And so we kept in contact, and then um, I installed their neighbors, went solar with us. And then I had, in that town, I've had a lot of customers, and we touched base. Actually, I think we knocked... We might have knocked on the door during a little canvassing campaign, and the, and she mentioned she had already talked to me, and so we reignited, and then things were they were ready at that point. Well, here we are, three months later, and Brian's rule of thumb proved correct. I didn't make the decision quickly. The weeks passed. I eventually filed the quotes in my desk, and I never ended up getting rooftop solar. Instead, I found a different way to invest directly in solar to bridge the gap until I finally turned my roof into a power plant. This week on The Interchange, how and why I made that decision, and what it tells us about the way people are shopping for solar today. Okay, okay, so the guy who talks every week about solar didn't get a rooftop system. What gives? A few reasons. I mentioned the tree trimming and the roof age, but beyond that, there were a bunch of other factors. My wife and I are first-time homeowners. We just bought the house, and we have almost no equity. Putting even more debt on top of our existing debt, even if I'm replacing my utility bill, is pretty daunting. Also, the house is super energy efficient. For nearly every month we've been here since February, our electricity use is 25% below the most efficient houses around us. Our bills are very low. Time frame is also critical for us. The house is great, but we're not totally sold on the neighborhood with Logan Airport right next to us. It's loud, and there's a lot of industrial activity. We're definitely not going to be here for more than a few years. Since my finances are not exactly unlimited, I want a rooftop solar investment to stretch as far as I can. So I want to pay in all cash, and I want it to be integrated into a renovation so I can electrify everything and make that solar go further. That's going to take a bit more planning and saving. With all that said, the quotes I got from local installers were really attractive, ranging between $3 and $4 a watt. Pretty good. Massachusetts also has a really good policy environment. So if my finances were any different or if I plan to be in my house longer, I'd be foolish not to take advantage of that. And that brings me to the question at hand. I had a lot to consider in this decision. How does my decision-making process stack up with everyone else out there? Now, I think you are a very typical average consumer. Uh, You're not unique. There's one guy I always turn to for context on solar consumer behavior, Vikram Agarwal, the CEO of Energy Sage. Energy Sage is a site where people can compare quotes from installers. And Vikram founded the company on this premise, that the vast majority of consumers aren't going to buy solar right away. They need more information and more time to make their decision. Our thinking is that the more information you have as a consumer, the more likely you are to convert into a customer in the future. We are not not one of those companies that says, no, you have to buy from us right now. You know, we're seeing this today in saturated markets. The leaders in residential solar, California, Hawaii, Massachusetts, they've all seen slowdowns as installers try to reach new classes of customers. And these people are taking longer to make their decisions. As part of my solar research process, I actually used Energy Sage's platform. I just plugged in my address and utility bills and got five quotes that I could compare based on cost, equipment quality, and installer ratings. 
a quick aside here, Energy Sage is not a sponsor of this podcast, and, and none of the companies I worked with in this show are sponsors of any kind. This was purely my own journey. So please keep that in mind when I talk about different company offerings. I was particularly attracted to the Energy Sage platform because it allowed me to control how installers reached out. Once I got the quotes, I could monitor the flow of information and then choose how to move forward. That is completely by design. As I reviewed my own options this summer, I had Vikram stop into the GTM offices to chat about solar window shoppers, as he calls them, and how these window shoppers are changing the sales process. Yeah, so can I tell you a little bit longer story? Yeah, please. If you wouldn't mind. Um, So I've been interested in buying an OLED television, the organic light-emitting diode televisions, right? I've been researching for the last year or so Uh, I've been keeping track of what models are out there, what their features are, how much they're selling for, which companies are making those models. So I've been researching. I've been doing my window shopping, if you would, right? Uh, Over the last year or so, I have now, by going through different websites like Best Buy or Amazon or uh, B&H and other other marketplaces, I've been able to figure out what who's selling what type of OLED television, what are their features and prices, right? It is, it is very typical of how us as consumers shop for everything. We like to do our homework. We like to understand what my, what my options are, who's selling what product at what quality. Uh, and I, I know I'll be buying that TV sometime later this year, so it would be about two years of window shopping before I actually pull the trigger. And what makes this window shopping easier for me is I can just punch in a request in Google and say, hey, show me all the prices for OLED televisions. In the solar industry, this capability does not exist today, right? It's a big ticket item. OLED TV, it's expensive. It's going to be somewhere between $1,500 and $2,000. Typical solar installation could be between $10,000 and $20,000, right? So much bigger ticket item. So what we find is that our research tells us and our consumer, when we talk to our customers, what we find is consumers are looking to window shop also. They are trying to understand what their options are, what quality product is out there, what does it cost, and, it, and they need some time to get comfortable with the idea. We have people who reach out to us who say, hey, I got a quote two years ago, three years ago. Uh, I wasn't ready back then. Can, can you ask the installers to refresh their quotes? Uh, I'm ready now. We had one customer who told us that they have been interested in solar for the last 10 years, and they finally pulled the trigger. So long story short, I think what we're finding is there is a lot of interest in solar, a lot of consumer interest in solar. Uh, and people just want to research. They want to understand what their options are. They want this. They're looking for this, hungry for this level of transparency uh, so they can feel comfortable. They, they feel like they've done their homework. And when the time is right, they'll go and go ahead and uh, make this purchase. So while you're finding that consumers are motivated motivated by different things, generally the ones who are seeking out solar are going to be sticky customers and that they, they may come back at some point in the process, even if they're not ready today. Exactly. We talk to the customers who would say, yeah, I'm not ready to make this decision. So we ask them, why are you not uh, ready? Uh, why are you not making this selection? And most of the time, the answer we get is it's not that I'm not going to go solar. I'm not, I will not go solar right now. I need more time. I need to do more, or I just need to think more about it. I may have to get my finances in order. Uh, I, the loan options that were made available to me were not as attractive. 
So there are multiple reasons why consumers uh, may not act right away and they need more time. How do you think the solar consumer is going to evolve over the next five years? I would say think about yourself. Think about you as a customer, as a consumer. And what would you want? How do you shop today? How do you see yourself shopping for stuff tomorrow? And solar industry will not be an outlier. People will, an average consumer will expect the same shopping experience for solar as they do for every other product. Guess what you do today? Um, you go pick up your smartphone, you go to Amazon or go to whichever marketplace that you feel comfortable uh, for that particular product. You do your research, you understand your options, you check prices, and wherever you feel the most comfortable shopping, that's where you will go and make that purchase. And guess what? In every other industry, marketplaces have taken over. Uh, we rarely go directly to the vendor. If, I've, if you are looking to buy a television, you're more likely to go to a Best Buy or an Amazon than going to LG's website or Sony's website, right? So because you feel, because of that comparison shopping, you are comfortable knowing that you're paying the right price for the right quality. Uh, you will read reviews in third-party websites, whether you're going to CNET or uh, other, other uh, consumer reports or other publications that allow you to really understand what quality you're buying. I would like to think that the solar industry would be better served if we get ready uh, for that kind of uh, shopping experience. That is actually happening even today. So it's not just about the future. So Amazon's next acquisition is Energy Sage? We know that, Ener that Amazon is very interested in providing home services. Uh, a few years ago, they launched a division called Amazon Home Services, and they are uh, starting to look at different aspects uh, of um, what what things are homeowners shopping for, uh, big and small. As you know, Amazon is going to own the world. I'm actually thinking of just sending my paycheck every month to them, and whatever I don't <laughs> whatever I don't spend with them, they'll send me back hopefully something for other for other stuff. Yeah, I, I think uh, if I'm as part of the solar industry, we keep an eye towards where is the innovation going to come from? Who's going to be innovating? There are a lot of very deep-pocketed large companies that uh, at this point want to own the world, uh, and Amazon is one of them. So I think uh, our destiny, destiny is in our hands. If we can innovate and keep building products and services that uh, our customers want, I think uh, we will be fine. And if not, um, we will be made irrelevant. So that's what keeps me going every day. Again, Vikram Agarwal is the CEO of Energy Sage. Coming up, I am going to tell you exactly what I decided to do. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break here and talk about our sponsors. There are probably a lot of folks out there with money to put in solar, but maybe you don't have an optimal rooftop. Well, you should go sign up to Wonder Capital's platform so you can put your money to work supporting commercial solar projects and earn up to 7.5% annually. Find out more at wondercapital.com slash GTM. That's wonder with a U, wondercapital.com slash GTM. And for all you developers under pressure to slash your costs and boost your performance, look no further than Shoals Technology Group. This American company makes the best equipment for solar and storage projects. They also throw the best parties too, as our GTM team can attest. Uh, get equipped with the highest quality equipment in the business. Make your project perform the best it can. Go to Shoals.com, S-H-O-A-L-S, Shoals.com. 
I mentioned earlier that I did invest in solar, and I'm sure most of you assumed community solar, and you assumed correctly. Although I was surprised at how I ended up subscribing, not what I expected. More on that in a bit. First, though, I want to turn to someone else's experience. My name is Josh Garrett, and I live in Cold Spring, New York, in the beautiful Hudson Valley. Josh has been itching to go solar, but his new home, surrounded by trees, wasn't suitable. After talking to a couple of residential installers, uh, they both told me that um, really wasn't an option for, for my home unless I were to cut down a bunch of trees. And that's really one of the reasons we moved there in the first place. So I wasn't willing to do that. So he did what any green-minded consumer would do, go out hunting for the next best thing, community solar. Josh is lucky to be living in New York, where there are hundreds of megawatts of solar projects in development. He signed up on Energy Sage and notified developers that he was looking. And then weeks later, NRG emailed him. He got on a call to hear more about the offering. And, uh, well, that didn't go so well. Yeah, it was interesting. I think um, it started, like, really in the first moment of that phone call. Um, first of all, the, the tone of the sales, and I mentioned at the top, like, hey, I work in clean energy. I'm really excited about this. I'm so glad that you're doing this. Um, and the salesperson, you know, sort of said, okay, great. Um, but got the sense, you know, maybe he didn't really know that much about solar in general. Um, so that's an really make me feel great about, you know, talking to him about this uh, opportunity. Uh, but then he just launched right into his, uh, what I assume was a scripted sales um, sort of uh, spiel. I found myself getting a little impatient. Uh, and what I really wanted to know was, you know, how does the financial structure of this arrangement work? Um, who owns what? How does the value get transferred? Um, and, you know, how much can I expect to save? Josh wrote about his frustrating experience over at GTM in early October. This sale from NRG should have been incredibly easy. Josh works for Antenna Group, a PR firm for cleantech companies. He's environmentally minded. He wants solar badly. But he just needed more detail about the financial arrangement. He kept asking the sales rep, who didn't have complete answers. He pestered the rep via email. And then, after a bunch of back and forth, NRG just dropped him. They stopped communicating. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. And, you know, after that experience, other than just being sort of annoyed, I also got the sense like, well, am I like too knowledgeable? Am I, is that why they didn't want to pursue me anymore? So again, just speculation. I don't want to, um, you know, impugn anyone's motives, but I had to wonder, you know, I, I'm like ready to go. All you had to do was invest a little bit of time in giving me the information I asked for. Um, so when they didn't do that, um, I, you know, found myself wondering, well, it's because they can't or because they won't, because they're afraid of what I might learn uh, will turn me off. Um, so uh, whatever the reasoning was, that's what ended up happening anyway. And, you know, they lost a, a pretty, uh, a pretty uh, well-primed um, potential customer. Oh, ouch. Well, you're a marketing pro, Josh. Uh, any lessons here for other companies? Let's see. How do I put this in um, podcast-friendly terms? Don't try to uh, dump lemonade on my head and tell me it's raining. <laughs> I sympathize with Josh. I spent a month going through all the community solar options I could find, trying to understand contracts, cancellation penalties, and when I could actually get a subscription. Let me give you a piece of advice. 
Do your homework. Ask questions. These offerings are not simple. Sometimes you get two bills, one normal bill and one with solar credits. There are still subscription programs from NRG, Clean Energy Collective, and Renovus with 20-year-plus contracts. That means you pay a hefty fee if you break the contract between now and 2038. Would you ever enter into a 20-year cell phone contract with two different bills every month? No way. I was motivated to get solar, but I was just as motivated to have a good experience, and that led me to a company called Arcadia Power. Well, I've been sitting here all day, I've been sitting in this waiting room. And I've been waiting on my friends, yes, I'm waiting on this conference call. Hey, Stephen, it's Kieran and Natalie. Hey, Natalie. Uh, your hold music is amazing. <laughs> yeah, unless you hear it a hundred times, then it becomes really annoying. Did you get that made for you, or is that like a stock song? Yeah, we spent our venture dollars. No, no. <laughs> After weeks of research and phone calls, my conversation with Kiran Batraju, the CEO of Arcadia, turned out to be my last. I wanted a company who could give me everything. Community solar, yes, but also an option to match 100% of my consumption with credits from wind farms, and an option to find cheaper rates in the wholesale market. Arcadia offers all three together in this simple online dashboard. Yeah, so Arcadia doesn't fit into a nice box. We, We call ourselves a digital utility. The idea being that the sort of traditional utility, um, you know, for a hundred years, it sort of provided poles and wire reliable service. Um, but they haven't done a great job of sort of driving the different energy services. When I called up Kieran, I was still in the middle of my search for community solar. And he very accurately described the process I was going through, the one that Josh so painfully described. The way it exists today, um, community solar is actually as difficult for a customer to convert on as rooftop solar. A lot of the developers and companies you've seen out there have done 20-year contracts, super high FICO scores, um, really high cancellation fees in case you move, even though our data shows customers do move every five and a half years. And so the way we're structuring our community solar with developers is wholly different. It's totally fungible. It's actually the way it should be structured because the offtake does move. So customers can sign up in two minutes. There's no contract. There's no cancellation fee. And you can get a fixed um, savings rate for power from a local project. And we've actually just started uh, with projects in New York and D.C. with Forefront Power and New Columbia Solar here in D.C. where we're based. Um, but we've got a pipeline with multiple developers across uh, all the major markets, so about 100 megawatts, where we'll provide this you know, truly fungible community solar product, which I think ultimately is where the market should be and is going. And um, you know, I think we're on the vanguard of it. And what I can tell you is that the acquisition of a customer on a no contract fixed savings product is 10x um, easier than uh, signing a 20 year deal with a a huge cancellation fee. So uh, you should totally sign up for community solar. We're going to have projects in Massachusetts very soon. And so with that knowledge in hand, I went to sign up for an Arcadia community solar subscription. I quickly ran into another issue though. Like New York, Massachusetts has a pretty substantial pipeline of projects, but they aren't built yet. Everyone has been waiting for a change to the state's solar program, so it's going to be months before Arcadia or anyone else can offer me a local product. 
And this is where Arcadia was different. This is why it stood out for me. Rather than telling me to wait like everyone else did, Arcadia gave me an option to pay upfront for access to a project in Los Gatos, California. So I paid 500 bucks for five panels. And now on top of my wind credits, Arcadia credits me for the electricity those panels produce each month in California. So I'm getting a small discount on my bill. I can move anywhere in the country and I'll always be enrolled in the competitive rate program. I'll be able to take my solar subscription wherever I want and I'll always have 100% wind recs. And if I end up wanting to be a part of that Massachusetts project when it gets up and running, I can switch from the California project to Massachusetts. So a word about disclosures here. Um, I am now an Arcadia Power customer, but Arcadia is, as I said before, not a financial supporter of this show. Um, I should also mention that Shale Khan, my regular co-host, works at Energy Impact Partners, uh, an investment firm that has a stake in Arcadia. I started this process on my own without knowledge that EIP was an investor, and Shale and I never talked about my decision during this process, so I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, This was completely about the decisions that I made as I went through all the steps. As I'm layering all the clean energy options together, I got pretty excited about the offering after our initial call. So I hopped back on the phone with Kieran to hear more about how the company works and how it's trying to meet the new demands of customers. And I started with the same question I asked of Energy Sage when I talked to Vikram Agarwal. Am I a normal customer? Yeah, 100%. And I would say it's it's actually the fill-in for the 150,000 customers that are on our platform, whether they're renters or homeowners. The fact of the matter is like not everyone can do rooftop solar. Not everyone has rock solid FICO or is going to be in a home for 20 years. There's not, you know, riddled with student loan. And so the option to do community solar or buy competitive uh, renewable supply is the best option. Um, And in a lot of ways, you are also helping build new generation um, specifically with community solar. And at the end of the day, the more and more people, that can access these other options, there's still a greater impact across the grid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much. I think you're in a, you're actually the mass market um, that's thinking, hey, I want to support clean energy. I want it to be meaningful, but these options are really confusing. Um, what's the easiest way? And that's, that's where we want to step in and, and help make those decisions for customers. So is that why you started the company? Uh, there were really two reasons. So one, it, it felt to me that rooftop solar, similar to you, like I wanted to do it, but I wasn't going to live in this home that I was in forever in DC. Um, and DC is just tough because, uh, I also don't own my roof. Um, and, but I knew like friends of mine, they wanted options. They wanted to know how do I save money? How do I support renewables? What's Google doing? How can I do that? Which has been in the press a lot. And I think the second big thing for me was, um, you know, I had a good friend who had a Sunrun roof. He had a Nest thermostat. And he bought an EV, but none of those products were connected to the pipe that was pumping electrons into the home. And to me, that was just this massive uh, failure um, that there wasn't a platform that was connecting all of the sort of energy products in and around the home. And that's ultimately what we want to be. We want to be a whole home energy uh, management platform that drives everything, home IoT, uh, supply, et cetera, all through one experience. Huh. So are you looking to actually compete with the utility? Yeah, I actually don't see it being competitive. Utilities own the poles and wires. They get a rate of return. They're, they're upgrading the grid. They make sure reliability is top of mind and 
um, what they're focused on. When I say next generation utility, I talk about um, the energy services that comprise everything in and around the commodity and the electron that's getting delivered to the home through the wire. And I think that's really that when people talk about the utility of the future, that's ultimately what they're talking about is all of the different energy services um, available um, in the market and an expanding market, which you're seeing across the, the country with batteries and um, expanding wholesale markets. So for us, what the utility represents in the customer's mind is actually going to be whole home energy management, not just uh, the wire you know, coming into the home. I do think that is ultimately the customer-centric utility of the future that you know people at GTM conferences love to talk about. Yeah, you may not be competing with the utility in terms of poles and wires, but you're certainly beating them on the service side. I mean, during this entire process, I did not look to my utility Eversource for help on any of this stuff. And now you've brought me further away from the utility in terms of the time that I'm going to be engaging with them. And I'm not going to look to them for efficiency suggestions or service changes. I'm going to look to you. And I think that's where this has the biggest impact on the utility. Yeah, look, I mean, the the utility should play in this market too. I think every utility would agree that the future of um, the customer relationship depends on these services and who, who delivers them best. So you're like a residential energy concierge then? Yeah, it's the idea. I mean, people have been doing this in the commercial market for decades, um, but nobody's been able to do it well for the residential user. And look, I don't think this company could have existed five years ago. I mean, smart thermostats are pretty much are ubiquitous now. They weren't really, um, you know, a couple of years back, rooftop solar, obviously community solar. Um, and so now there are a wealth of products that are really exciting and there needs to be a concierge. And so that's the hole we're filling. Again, that's Karen Batraju, who is the CEO of Arcadia Power. So let me recap where I ended up to close out the show. For energy efficiency, I installed the Sense Box to monitor how devices and appliances are performing in the house. I really like the way it works, but it's very expensive. I had to bring an electrician over to install it. It costs a couple hundred dollars. So when all is said and done, it's going to give you an extremely granular picture of everything that's happening in your house, and you're going to be able to adjust your behavior accordingly. Um, And the app is getting better, but it is a very high-touch device. So just keep that in mind if you're ever considering something like the SenseBox. I also called up MassSave to come do an energy efficiency audit. Turned out the house was performing so well they didn't have many recommendations. But as a utility customer, you are probably paying a service charge for this kind of program in your state. So take advantage of it. Don't feel bad. Have someone from your utility or from the state program come over and check out your house. Um, Then I went through Energy Sage to get a bunch of different installer quotes. Uh, And I really liked the platform because of the way it allowed me to compare the quotes. But ultimately, I decided that Community Solar was a better option for me at the moment. And after reviewing lots of different Community Solar providers and competitive retailers with like green credit programs, I ended up choosing Arcadia Power because it had the ability to combine them all together and create a fungible product that I can take anywhere, anytime. So it was just very different from any other product that I saw on the market, and I really like their 
billing and the platform that they have showing me my usage and how much I'm saving with my solar subscription and how much I'm sourcing in terms of wind wrecks. It's a very cool product. I would love to hear your experience. Tweet at me with any stories or suggestions. So with that, I close it out. I'll keep you updated if anything else interesting happens. And uh, Shale Khan is going to be back with me next week. I'm Stephen Lacey. This is The Interchange, conversations about the future of energy from Green Tech Media. We'll catch you next time.